Rise and Crime, everybody. I'm Rachel Souza. And I'm Michelle Chan. And we're back. For another week. This week we're switching it up a little bit. This week we're going to do some talking before, just because the case I'm about to do is so heartbreaking and so heavy that we just, there's no transitioning out of it after. You're just going to be left to think about it. Man, I wonder if I know this case. Um, It's really well known. I'm also breaking the rules a little bit because it's half American. But it's half Canadian. Okay. I'll accept that. I, I kept it in Canada. So, how, how have you been? You're back at school. I'm back at school. I'm at my new place. It's pretty nice. That is nice. It's beautiful. I wish y'all could see it. I'm kind of sick. So there's that. Well, good thing you're not doing this week. You don't have to talk a lot. Exactly. Good. It's all me. I probably can't get through it without coughing a lot. We're also so sorry that it's going to be super echoey this week. Michelle's new room is very echoey. <laughs> like, very. I can hear the reverberation. Yeah, we need, like, sound thing. Yeah, we need to put egg curtains up around your room. <laughs> Does that actually work? Does anybody know the sound behind that? <laughs> Sorry. That's a-okay. Um, when I do my case, I'm going to talk super close just to and talk quieter just to avoid those echoes. But you can probably hear my... <laughs> I'm sure they appreciate that. Oh, yeah. ASMR, it's finest. Um, I'm not back in school yet. I'm just chilling this week. You're but so I came lucky. Up came up to see you and see others as well nice okay i'm just gonna jump into it i can't i can't even stop (laughs) thinking about it so um a lot of you have probably heard of the documentary dear zachary a letter to a son from his about his father that's what it's called it's by kurt kuhn um it's one of the most famous true crime documentaries there are it's so fantastic and well done and just beautiful and heartbreaking but also not uplifting, but just like it gives you a little bit of hope, but it's also just like so heartbreaking. So I've watched it before, but I watched it again this morning in prep for this. Um, and it doesn't get any any less sad. This is the like the most heartbreaking case I've ever heard, I think. I'm ready. Yeah, so the documentary, uh, Dear Zachary, A Letter to His Son About His Father is by, like I said, Kurt Kuhn. So Kurt Kuhn was the best friend of... Andrew Bagby, who's a big part of this case, you'll hear about him, um, and I'll explain more as I go. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start by explaining uh, who Shirley Jane Turner is. Let me start off by saying this girl is a fucking bitch, and I don't swear on this podcast. I don't, but she is just the worst person I think I've ever heard. Really? Ever. So, yeah, she was born, I don't even want to talk about her much, like, she was born in January 1961 in Wichita, Kansas. Her parents soon divorced, and her mom took her back took her and her two siblings back to her hometown in Newfoundland, which is how Canada comes into this case. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was a dual citizen of the States and Canada. She grew up extremely poor. I couldn't really find anything else on her upbringing, not that I wanted to because she's a piece of shit. Um, in 1980, she went to Memorial. I don't know if you know Memorial. It's the most famous or maybe only university in newfoundland i don't want to say that in case it's not but it's just like huge um and she wanted to become a doctor uh while she was in school she actually had a child got married six years later she got divorced and then became a science teacher dropped out of school completely she then had another child got married again and divorced again Mm -hmm. and then had another child and then went back to school how many children so three children at the moment um and it was reported that she would abuse her children because she's a piece of shit (laughs) like she's just the worst but somehow she got away with it like didn't get charged with child abuse because some stupid like 
technicality. So she didn't get charged with child abuse, which is, even though her children corroborated the story, they were like, yes, she is abusing us. Ugh, just the worst. Um, so honestly, she just sucked to the end. I'm not talking about her upbringing anymore. I hate her. Mm-hmm. So eventually she meets in med- medical school at, at Memorial because she goes back. She meets Andrew Bagby. So Andrew Bagby is the opposite of Shirley. He is wonderful. He's born in uh, born September 25th, 1973 in Sunnyvale, California to the most caring parents in the world, Kate and Dave. Um, so Andrew is literally one of the best people ever. He's so friendly, caring, hardworking. I, I can't even close to describe it the way they do in the documentary. It's just beautiful because they have everybody in his life talk about him. Mm-hmm. And I just, just, this is a whole ad for you guys to go watch it. Like that, it is. It's on YouTube. Go do it. What's it called? Dear Zachary, Dear a letter Zachary. To, a son, to a son about his father. I almost, I say from his father every time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so th- he had so many friends. Everywhere he went, he like touched people's lives. He was like the best man at like five different weddings. Wow. Like literally just the best man. <laughs> like he's the best. <laughs> he's the only best man available. The amount of people in this documentary that are able to speak on how amazing he truly is is crazy like it's a crazy amount of people mm-hmm. he was always smart growing up and he wanted to do something that would help people in the world so he decided to go into medicine as well mm-hmm. so that's when he went to memorial for medical school and when he was in his third year he started dating shirley oh, the girl no. from earlier no the kid the girl with three kids uh yeah yeah Mm-hmm. So he graduated in May of 2000 and he got right away, got a surgical residency in Syracuse, New York. So he moved there right away. In August, Shirley got a job in Sac City, Iowa. So they kind of parted ways, but they decided they were going to try to maintain a long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Andrew quickly realized that surgery was not his thing. He wasn't feeling it. So in 2001, he moved to Latrobe, Pennsylvania to work in a family practice and this is where he thrived because he was like directly talking to people they weren't unconscious laying on the table while he was operating like you know because he was a social guy yeah so it was really was his calling and he was such an excellent doctor everybody there said they loved him it was just fantastic uh so this now he's 16 hours away from uh shirley but they're still maintaining this long distance relationship okay so when shirley was in Iowa. She was all alone, so she decided to purchase a firearm to keep herself safe because mm-hmm. she was living alone and just she thought it was a good safety thing. And she um, also took wait, sh- alone with her three kids. No, so her her it's very confusing the way it's put. It said she lived alone that her ex husbands were taking care of her kids, kind of okay. thing. Okay, okay, because she had two ex husbands at this point, mm-hmm. one with one kid, one with two. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like she kind of wasn't involved really. I see. Like she was, but not up front she was back in school and that was her focus was becoming a doctor and making a life for herself Mm -hmm. so she purchased a firearm took shooting lessons as well and at her shooting instructor said that her gun actually had a malfunction on it that whenever she would shoot it enough the rounds would just fall out of the gun and onto the ground okay weird yeah weird Shirley wasn't exactly doing the greatest at long-distance relationships. Uh, She would constantly, constantly call Andrew and was just being really possessive over him, and he was starting to, like, not have it. He was starting to get kind of, you know, you know. (laughs) 
So he started wanting out of the relationship. Um, so, but on October 13th of 2001, Shirley calls Andrew and informs him that she's three months pregnant. So here comes her fourth child. Okay. She's also quite a bit older than him from... What year was she born? She's born in 1961 and he's born in 1973. So she's like 12 years older than him. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know. This relationship doesn't doesn't seem destined to work. (laughs) Um... So she informs him that she's three months pregnant and he's like, oh shit, <laughs> like I wasn't even feeling this relationship and now there's a kid involved. So she, he agrees to call her back. He's at a wedding. He's like, okay, let me just finish this he's wedding. Like, let me just finish being the last best man. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> let me finish this wedding and I'll call you back. But she was so possessive and called him 60 times while he was at the wedding. That's crazy. That's when you drop it. 30 on his cell phone, 30 on his house phone. No, 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 no. And people who were at the wedding with him said that he was, like, visibly agitated and, like, yeah, very not happy. So later in the month, uh, so it's still October, Shirley decides to go to Latrobe to talk about the baby with him. But he had actually, like, already broken up with her at this point and was already, like, seeing somebody else. Mm-hmm. So he was just kind of, like, done with this bitch. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, you called me 60 times when I was at one wedding. Like, goodbye. Mm-hmm. He's doing what he needs to do for himself. Sensible. On November 3rd, Shirley, while she's there visiting him in Latrobe, she admits that she had fabricated this entire pregnancy just because she wanted to stay with him forever. Oh my god, that's so fucked up. She's the worst. Um, that's some teen TV show shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is like, goodbye again, re-breaks up with her, mm-hmm. and fully drives her to the airport and says, get gone. <laughs> like, go home. Uh, so November 5th, two days later, like 6 a.m. in the morning. I hate that I just said that. 6 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> 6 a.m. <laughs> There's no 6 a.m. in the evening. <laughs> uh, 6 a.m. Shirley shows up on his doorstep after driving the 16 hours from Iowa to Pennsylvania in her Toyota SUV. Nope. <laughs> Like, nope. (laughs) Nope. This is when you move away and don't tell anyone where you're moving. Yeah, so he's like, bitch, what the fuck? And he goes to work (laughs) because he has work that day. And he shows up to work and he's, once again, visibly agitated. Mm -hmm. His his co-worker's like, hey man, what's up? Like, I can see there's definitely something not right. And he explains to his co-worker the situation and and explains to his co-worker that she wants to meet him later and that he had agreed to it. And his co-worker's like, Andrew, if you go to that meeting... Like, something's going to happen. Like, do not go. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what's the worst that could happen? It's fine. I'm just going to go talk to her about it, about everything, how she needs to leave me alone. It's fine. And so they came to this agreement that after he met with Shirley, that he would go over to his coworker's house and have a beer and just talk about it. Mm-hmm. So his coworker was like, fine. As long as you come straight to mine after, it's fine. <sighs> no, this is so scary. So he goes to this um, this meeting with Shirley and he never shows up to his coworker's house. And the next morning, he doesn't show up to work. So everyone at his work is freaking out because he is never late. Mm-hmm. He is, like, so hardworking. He would never do that without letting anybody know. And he was just never late in general, they said. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when they turn on the news. Or they get a call, sorry. It was later on the news. But first they got a call saying that uh, Andrew Bagby's body was found in Keystone State Park with five bullets in it. No, that's so sad. Which is just horrible. Horrible. 
this bitch, like, we know it's her. Like, there's no even mystery here. She just is, ugh, the most disgusting human. Like, this guy literally had everything going for him. Everything. And mm-hmm. he was he was kind enough to actually go and meet with her. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that just shows you what kind of person. For sure. Like, I would not. Like, ugh, pisses me off so much. So the police immediately contact Shirley because they know. Nobody's dumb at this point. They all know. But she says, oh, I was sick in bed all day. (laughs) Like, little does she know they've tracked her cell phone records driving across the country. Like, this bitch bitch. is an idiot. Yeah. Um, Not only that, but they had found on the ground where he was, rounds had fallen out of whatever gun was being used. Oh my god. Like, hello, matches her gun description. Um, her SUV was seen at the scene. Mm-hmm. Like, some a witness had seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that morning when she had ambushed him on the doorstep, apparently she used his computer, and it was shown that she had logged into her eBay account on his computer. So she just, like... Leaving all the prints. So that's when she changes her story, and she's like, oh no, I was there, and I actually gave my gun to Andrew. What? Like, I gave it to him. So that he could shoot himself? Uh, I gave it to him in that park. So I guess he shot himself, is what she's trying to say here. She's so stupid. This idiot. He was shot five times in various places. How did she get medical school? Right? <laughs> she's so dumb. So dumb. So she realizes, <laughs> shit, <laughs> I'm <laughs> caught here. And she flees the country to Newfoundland. Oh, my God. Okay. And somehow she gets out of the country to Newfoundland. Newfoundland? 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 Newfoundland. 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 <laughs> she goes back to Newfoundland, and there it is revealed that she actually is pregnant with Andrew's son. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so this is just a mess. Yes. Um, so soon enough, evidence was collected enough for her to be arrested in Newfoundland, and trials upon trials were happening uh, regarding her extradition back to the States because mm-hmm. she committed murder in the States. So that's where they have to, you know, prosecute her. Mm-hmm. But these trials were being dragged out so much that she had the baby. <laughs> like, um, and this is crazy. Uh, she was actually released on $75,000 bail. Tell me how this bitch released on bail. Who paid her bail? Her psychiatrist. Let me say his name because this guy's the worst. What's his name? Hold on. Um, Dr. John Doucette. He he put up her bail. He didn't actually have to pay a cent. He just had to sign saying he has enough money to pay it. Oh my God. Like, so she has her baby, Zachary. The most beautiful baby looks exactly like Andrew. Like, and remember... Kate and Dave, his parents. Mm -hmm. So they lived in California and they uprooted their entire life to move to Newfoundland. Newfoundland. What is happening with me? Um, To move to Newfoundland to raise this baby. Oh my God. So they they moved literally across the country and across borders to be with this, their grandchild. Mm -hmm. But somehow, Shirley still had custody of this child. And through all these trials and all this time that was going on, they kept having this huge custody battle over Zachary and they were only allowed to see him for one hour a week. Um, excuse me, she's a convicted murderer. Or not she's not convicted yet. yet. But still a She's accused murder. of murder. But isn't that still a danger to society at right? the moment? So they keep fighting for custody and they're doing everything they can to see this baby. They're literally, I can't even put into words, watch the documentary. Mm-hmm. I cannot put into words how much 
Kate and Dave are working to see this child and raise this child and give it everything they could. Like, she didn't have a lot of money. They were buying the child everything he needed. Zachary was just the most beautiful baby. Um, and eventually she actually got rearrested and put back in, in jail. And that's when they actually got custody of the child when she was in jail. So Zachary was with them. They loved him. There's so many cute videos of them. And, mm-hmm. and Zachary loved them so much. And they were taking such, such good care of them. It was like, it was kind of like they had Andrew back, you know? Because mm-hmm. it was like this new child that was his. And they were just like so in love with it. And it was so beautiful. I'm going to cry dead ass. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually am. But somehow, let me say this bitch's name, Judge Gail Welsh, fuck you, Gail Welsh, like, let her back out on bail. How? Why? Like, I don't know. But let me mention this. Kate and Dave were such good people that they would drive up two to four hours every single week to bring Zachary to see his mother in jail. Oh they would gosh. go to the jail and see her just so he could see his mother. Wow. That's to, how good of people these to are. bring your grandchild to someone who murdered your child. Yeah. That's how good of people these That's are. That's crazy. Um, so she gets back out of jail on $75,000 bail. John Doucette's back here. Fuck that guy. Uh, she like gets custody back. Right away. How? I Like, I don't know. How? Like, I don't know. She's been to jail. So, child services failed on every count here. Uh-huh. Every count. They, like, literally kept her with custody. Um, and at this point, she was getting so possessive of Zachary. She was, like, telling Kate and Dave that they couldn't come see him. and Because it was very clear that Zachary loved Kate and Dave more than he loved, he loved Shirley. Like, it was very clear. Mm-hmm. And she was so angered by this. She would do everything to keep them away and say, I'm worried that you guys are feeding ideas into his head. And she was just relentlessly fighting with them over the phone, being like, you can't see him. And it was this huge battle. And half the time, if they wanted to see Zachary, they actually had to hang out with their son's murderer in order to see their grandchild. That's the worst. What about your other three children? Like, they're grown up at this point. (laughs) They're grown up and they're like, mom's crazy. Like, I literally cannot even contemplate what these what kate and dave went through like they'd already lost their son to this woman and now she's hiding their grandchild from them Mm -hmm. like so now i'm gonna fast forward a little bit to july 4th 2003 so shirley is now with so it's 2003 this child's been going on for two years and she's not even extradited yet Mm -hmm. like that's how bad the legal system is Mm mm-hmm so July 4th, 2003, Shirley has a new boyfriend and they uh, went out t- on two dates and then he found out that she's an accused murderer and he was like, goodbye. <laughs> so he broke up with her real quick. Okay, good. Uh, and then what does she do? Does her, what she does best, calls him 200 times and claims that she's pregnant with his child. What? Why is she crazy? Like, How does she find love? I don't understand. Um, but of course, this guy goes straight to the police and he's like, Hiya, this crazy chick is harassing me. Mm-hmm. But he stays unidentified because he's scared for his safety. Mm-hmm. She's, he, uh, he's scared that she'll do something to him if he reveals his name. So because he's not identified, the police are like, mm, there's nothing to back this up. And don't file anything. Because that would have, she would have lost custody right there. Oh my gosh. That would have gone against her bail and she would have lost custody they should still you know follow up on it but no they didn't so i don't even want to read this next part august 18 2003 
right before um so she thought that she was gonna have to give up custody she was angry her extradition was about to happen everything was coming down on her finally so shirley goes to where her ex lives leaves her car outside of his house and also leaves a used tampon um and then she drugs herself and zachary with uh drugs <laughs> no right like are, is your heart ready to be fucking broken Zachary die? She straps him to his ch- her chest and jumps into the Atlantic Ocean. Oh my god. Killing both of them, trying to frame her ex for it. Like, the ex that she just harassed? Yes. Okay. So, not only did she kill their son, she just killed their grandson. Mm-hmm. And it was all preventable. Mm-hmm. If child services just, or the police just did something. Yeah. Like... I can't like I can't it's I can't Mm -hmm. it's the most heartbreaking angering thing (coughs) there is so obviously this leaves everybody just devastated especially Kate and Dave like I can't even imagine they just it's like losing their son twice Mm -hmm. like I can't um but they're like this needs to change the laws need to change around this so they become activists Mm -hmm. this is the only light at the end of the tunnel in this story they become activists and uh they need some sort of system that um shows that she shouldn't have been bailed and stuff to change the laws so in 2006 they like after doing so much activism so much research an inquiry is written and an inquiry report is looked into the case and written and it shows that Zachary's death was 100% preventable if the courts and social social services had done their job, but they had failed. Mm-hmm. Um, the psychiatrist was fined. That you remember, Doucette, that yes. guy. He was fined, and um, ironically, he was sent to get psychiatric help. <laughs> um, Twenty nine recommendations were made to the provincial government of Newfoundland, and all were accepted without argument mm-hmm. um in 2009 zachary's bill was put into the criminal code of canada and it allows courts to justify refusal of bail for the protection of children mm-hmm. um he also wrote a book that dave did he wrote a book on everything um and there's of course the beautifully done documentary dear zachary a letter from for a son about his father by kurt coon and it just tells this story more beautifully than anybody could obviously because it's just everybody related to it and just seeing the anger in kate and dave and the sadness is just i'm like i i i can't even it i feel all hot and gross right now because i'm like trying not to cry but um go watch it uh that's the case of andrew bagby and zachary turner and it's just I don't even know what to say. It's the worst thing ever. These people had their heart ripped out of them three times over. Like, That's so awful. And in the documentary, there's just... So at the, the beginning of the documentary, Kurt Kuhn, the guy who's making it, he's he's one of Andrew's best friends. And growing up, they would make movies together, like small home videos. Mm-hmm. So he decided after Andrew's death, he was going to make like a, a home video type movie mm-hmm. for him, which is very beautiful. And it's so well done. I can't even... Um, so he's in 2001 he drives across country and flies to england because he had family in england flies everywhere to interview everybody that andrew ever knew and touched Mm. and then and then at the end of the interview he goes what do you want to say to zachary and they're all like oh we can't meet meet you buddy you're gonna be just like your father blah blah blah." and then halfway through him making this documentary 
the tragedy happens. Oh my god. And then the rest of the documentary is like Oh, that's so sad. I'm going to cry. And the end the end of the documentary is like I don't want to well, it's, I don't care. It's not a spoiler. It's beautiful. Go watch it. Doesn't matter if I say it, you should still need to see it. Is like at the end you realize that it's not a letter to Zachary. It's actually a letter to Kate and Dave and how brave they were and how much they did for everyone and at the end they all say like even though they're gone you still have kids you still have all of us you've touched all of our lives like it's so beautiful i can't even describe it like you just need to see it you need to go watch it. it's on youtube it's literally free go do it it's free like and it's just it's so beautiful oh i'm actually gonna cry i it's heartbreaking like i cannot imagine i cannot fathom I cannot, I'm so passionately angry mm-hmm. for them. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got. Can we end this podcast? I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah, we can end it. Okay, well, my, so remember, go watch it. That's all I've got to say. Um, and I just, I don't nothing else. Peace and love. Bye.